We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. And now joining us here on the Bear Report podcast to break down the Bears rookie wide receiver Tyler Scott is Brent Young, a writer, podcaster, BearcatJournal.com. Um, they're a 24-7 sports affiliate as long as well as us. Um, first off, Brent, thanks so much, man, for joining us and taking the time to do this tonight. Awesome, man. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Excited to uh, talk a little Tyler Scott. He was, he's been one of my favorites to cover at UC and, and watch at UC. So uh, great, great guy. Yeah, I mean, let's kind of get into it. That's kind of one of my first questions. I mean, when talking to him and talking to people around him, uh, it's not only the player on the field, but it's the person off the field who everyone raves about. What did you kind of, you know, learn to know um, uh, about Tyler Scott um, in your years covering him at Cincinnati? Yeah, I, I mean, first and foremost, he's just the nicest guy you'll meet. Uh, you know, he he mentioned a lot of his pre-draft meetings with teams. The coaches were walking away saying, you know, that wow, that was a got you know, shake your hand. That was one of the best meetings we've ever had. You know, Mike Vrabel took him out to a to a dinner when when he was in Cincinnati visiting one time and walked away just blown away by you know the way he talks, the way he carries himself and things of that sort. So yeah, off the field, Tyler Scott's an A plus. He uh he doesn't, you know, do anything wrong here or there. He's he's locked in. He's focused on just trying to 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 perfect himself. And you know, he, you know, a lot of people called him old head back in the day. You know, he's he's <laughs> into just comfortability within himself, comfortableness around his house, his apartment, you know, this, that and the other. So he uh off the field, he's 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 a great A guy, uh, big time competitor, but he's a great A guy. Well, that's something that Ryan Poles uh, and this new regime has put a big big value on is just overall character, how they're going to do in the locker room. So that does make a lot of sense. So, just from your perspective, because I mean, <clears throat> I've been a big fan of Tyler Scott for pretty much this entire draft cycle. I was pounding the table for him uh, when they got in the third round. I think I actually had him mocked in one of the trade mocks that I did. I had him mocked at seventy five. And I was shocked that he was still there in the fifth round. So just from your perspective in, in terms of covering him, with him being a converted running back and moving the receiver, what was that one game uh, during his college career where like, wow, this guy, this guy's it. This guy's got something. This guy's going to translate to the next level. I, you know, it, it was actually the 
first, first of all, one of the better teams that Cincinnati's had in program history was that 2020 team during the COVID year where, you know, they played Georgia uh, in the Peach Bowl, but you know, ended up losing that one. But still, he was seeing the field as a true freshman. And, uh, you know, it was a, a pretty talented wide receiver room, one that was kind of revamped. But he didn't really have a game that season that kind of popped out. But the very first play of his sophomore year against Miami – you know, in, in the battle for the Victory Bell, a rivalry game, if you will. He he took one over the top, 81 yards, great pass from Desmond Ritter, and that was the the wow time because you heard about his speed, you heard about every everything he had intangibly with route running and how he's just slowly becoming a better receiver practice after practice. And he started to show that during the offseason, especially in the uh, in the practices leading up to the season in fall camp. But that first play, you kind of saw, wow, you can take the top off. And when you have Alec Pierce on one side and you have Tyler Scott on the other, it's going to be a lot of excitement that sophomore year. And then, of course, junior year, you just took it to a whole other level. For those that didn't really get to watch Cincinnati uh, over the past couple of years, what was Scott's role essentially in the offense? So he was always an outside receiver. I, I believe the Bears, I read they were trying to get him working in at the slot, but he's a guy that – was just kind of did whatever was asked of him. Uh, he was a special teams guy. He was, he was, you know, I, I've got a podcast on the, on the BCJ network and, and we're the self-proclaimed gunner podcast of the country. And he was, <laughs> he was a hell of a gunner, really, really good gunner. He uh, really good special teams player. He didn't really return kicks or punts because kicks was handled by Trey Tucker, who was drafted by the Raiders in the third round. He's kind of, that was kind of his, his ace right there. Didn't really return punts either because Luke Fickle liked to have kind of a more of a possession type guy. So he had a running back back there that was just trusty with the hands. But he's a guy that can play special teams as well. Um, you know, overall, it's just kind of a uh, wherever you need me, I'm going to go. And so he fit that outside role um, opposite of, of Alec Pierce on the field side. And he, he did, did really, really well, uh, kind, kind of over the top, beat, beat the defense backs and I, I mean, this, his stats speak for themselves, but as far as just where he fit on the football field, it's just really wherever the coaches asked him to go. Well, and kind of speaking of that a little bit, you know, with him being still somewhat of a raw route runner, I, I thought his route running was actually better than a lot of people give him credit for. Yeah. Uh, but he's still somebody that is definitely developing. I mean, this is, wasn't a guy that was a high, uh, you know, a receiver all throughout high school. Right. What do you think fair expectations are in year one? Because the Bears actually have, for the, for, for the first time in a while, it's kind of crazy to say this, the Bears actually have a pretty good one, two, three combo in, right. in terms of receivers. So you're probably looking at a number four, number five. Right. What are fair expectations for the uh, for Tyler Scott uh, for the Bears in year one? In your opinion, you know, I think he's going to have some some splash plays. I I think he's that splash play receiver where you know, I, wow, who was it that just had that sixty five yard touchdown catch? Who's thirteen? And you look down and you see, oh, it's Tyler Scott. And you know, maybe week week seven, you're like, okay, this guy's got like two or three long touchdowns on the year. <laughs> I got to look at him on the fantasy, see what he's like. But you know, not not a bulk of catches because, like you said, they've got. A pretty crowded wide receiver room, if you will, at this point. But uh, you know, I think he's he's just that big play potential. Um, you know, someone who can't take the top off if you know you've got DJ Moore running underneath and you know Mooney doing his thing and Claypool out there, and then all of a sudden you've got Tyler Scott streaking down the middle behind the defense and uh, Fields finds him wide open. I I, I think he's going to be a big play guy. Um, you can set him up with some gadget plays. He's pretty good after the catch as well. But um, I, I I think for the time being. Until, like you said, he kind of maybe carves in a bigger role with the offense or a couple of years down the line, if something does open up, then 
I think he'll he'll find more of a numerous catches, a, a bulk of catches coming his way. But for for the time being, he's got the ability to definitely take the top off and be a big play receiver. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm glad you brought up the yards after catch. Um, yeah. I watched a little bit of Desmond Ritter. I don't like to compare a lot of quarterbacks to Justin Fields in terms of running and keeping plays alive. Um, from what you remember, were there any instances where you noticed Scott maybe, um, you know, keeping plays alive, moving around with, you know, his feet um, while yeah. Ritter had the ball to kind of give him a target and then the yards after catch? Could you maybe expand a little bit more on that? Yeah, so I, with with Tyler, so he he does have that ability to just take the top off right off the, the line of scrimmage, but he also has the ability to kind of find a hole and and sit and and wait, and then you know Des found him. I I remember one play his sophomore year against Temple at home. He you know Des kind of waited a little bit, and then all of a sudden saw Tyler just hanging out, probably just five yards down the field. Tyler caught it, made two guys miss, and took it in for like a forty yard touchdown. So. Um, the, the ability to kind of just roll and, and, and find a spot in the, in the zone or, you know, try and lose his man in, in a scramble drill type setting is definitely there because you know, like, like Aaron was saying, his, his route running is still something that is, is going to, you know, take, take a little bit more time to continue to perfect. I mean, I think it's pretty great as well right now, but as, as a whole, he kind of has that gamer side to him where he, he, you know, we, I had him on my podcast and he just was continuously talking about how much he studies defenses and how he wants to know where that safety is going to be. He wants to know where the linebacker is going to be. So he uses that when, you know, the, the first, second, third option isn't there. Well, he's got a role. And with fields running around the backfield, I, I think Tyler Scott's going to be a guy that might be able to find good openings for fields. So, and again, I, I don't want you to take sides here, right? I'm just, I'm right. just curious on your, your overall perspective here. So, Going into the draft, I was absolutely shocked that Trey Tucker ended up getting taken before Scott. I, I just, yeah. to me, I was I was a little blown away by that. Now, kind of, you know, taking it out and, and looking at it from your perspective as a guy who covered both of these players, who did you who did you think one? Who did you think was going to go first? And do you have any ideas as to why uh, you know why Scott went in the fifth and and why Tucker went in the third? Yeah, so I, first off, Trey Tucker is is a blazer as well. He's he's a guy that is a speed demon. He's he's a little bit more short area quickness as well than than Tyler at this moment, I would say. And those two guys have known each other since grade school. They were on the same track team. 
up in Akron. They were they they've done a bunch of of just competition after competition. Uh, you know, both of them whenever they're mic'd up during practices, it's like who's faster than the other. It's it's a ongoing competition between those two. Um, that being said, I was shocked to see Trey go before Tyler. Um, you know, I was just sitting there waiting to hear Tyler's name. And I think a lot of people were too, but uh, Trey went and I think it's more of a niche pick for the Raiders, kind of just that electric kickoff returner. Uh, you know, Trey had a couple of kickoff return touchdowns and kind of fits that role a little bit better than Tyler at this point. But I think I had Tyler definitely third round. I, I was getting super excited because, you know, Dane Brugler was high on him. You had a lot of other NFL draft analysts starting to buy the, you know, buy what was being sold and, and say, okay, yeah, this, this, this Tyler Scott's a definite sleeper in the draft. And I mean, I just knew the guy that he was and knew the amount of potential that he had just knowing that, you know, this is only year three of him truly playing the wide receiver position full time and the leaps that he's made up to that point. I just thought, wow. I mean, if an NFL team knows that, they knows you know the amount of work he's put in at this point. I mean, someone's got to take a gamble on him. But I understand the size restrictions and certain other thing. I, I I'm seeing the the drop percentage is another number that people are throwing out there. So I understand it, but in the same sense, it's it's a uh, it was a surprise to see. I think it was a little bit more of a niche and, and kind of a, a Raiders pick, if you will. But, <laughs> definitely uh, was, definitely but, was. But I think. Uh, I think both players just have that. They, they do have a second-level speed that the NFL is looking for now, and they both have that. My, my final question, um, I don't know if Aaron has any more, but my final question is uh, you, you covered Tyler a long time. Um, oh, yeah. It sounds like you kind of got to know him and, and be around him, all that good stuff. Do you have a story, anything, any moment you want to share that was maybe your favorite um, with Tyler? Yeah, you know, it's uh, – that old head one was is, is kind of the one that stuck with him for a while. You know, he, he likes the oldies music and you know walks around with a robe and, and has, you know, the little like neck pillow that he likes to wear, likes scented candles and whatnot, you know, just kind of a, uh, just kind of a, a, a seasoned veteran in, in, in that side of life. But uh, my favorite story about him probably was just the, his, his road to getting recruited. You know, he went to a, a smaller school was, was playing running back and, and defensive back was a, track star and then he had a young head coach in high school and that young head coach had no idea how to get his kids recruited so Tyler had to like go in and be like okay so what do I need to do to make this happen and he took it upon himself to make his own highlight reel sent it out to a bunch of coaches Rutgers was the first team to call him and be like wait you're you're telling me no one's offered you yet and Tyler was like no no one's offered and they're like all right we'll we'll get back with you and then the very next day they were the first offer and they kind of just started flooding in after that so as, as under the radar as under the radar gets, but also a testament to the type of guy that he is, a, a go-getter, someone that's going to put in the work to, uh, to make, it, make his presence known. Um, but outside of that, man, he's just a really a great guy. You know, the guy that'll just, no matter what, he'll, he'll come up and, and dap up with you, leaving the field, and just, just a really, really nice guy. So I, I do have one final question, and this is not – Bears related in any way, shape, or form. Okay. But now, okay, so I'm an Oklahoma guy, right? So obviously okay. Oklahoma's got one more, one more year in the Big 12. What yep. are your thoughts on Cincinnati going to the Big 12? Man, uh, you know what? Overall, it's fantastic because uh, mm -hmm. let's let's not joke ourselves. Like, wh what even is the American Athletic Conference? You know, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's some sort of a fable tale out there. But yes, it's uh, Luke Fickle leaving is is tough. It's going to be mm -hmm. tough. 
I think heading into the Big 12, it's it's going to only boost recruiting. We've seen it happen on the basketball side of things. Seen it happen in the transfer portal and as well as in the 2024 class. But I tell you what, when Oklahoma rolls in to Nippert Stadium, that first Big 12 game mm. of the entire Big 12 tenure for the Bearcats, it's uh, going to be a lot of excitement. Let's put it that way. I, I expect Oklahoma to be you know, around a nine-point favorite, but still yeah. it's uh, – it's something to be excited about. I think that Scott Satterfield's got got things heading in the right direction. It's a little bit different of a of a run program with him rather than Luke. Luke was a little bit more, you know, football guy, hands on. Scott Satterfield's more like CEO, running everything. Business like is a lot of passing off to coaches and and letting a lot of other people do their thing. But I, I mean, I think if the defense will be great, I think they'll be good. Um, the offense, if the line is good, if Emory Jones can really play well. We'll see. But uh, you know what? If, if if Luke was here, it, it might have been a different story, but he's not. So I think uh, first year in the Big 12, not ideal having a coaching change heading into that first year. But still, it's uh, all smiles and all uh, all happiness in, in, in Bearcat land right now because that AAC was it was something. It was something <laughs> they'll talk about for years. But now we're heading into the Big 12. And I know you guys are only there for a couple of years still, but, you know, we'll miss you. We'll miss you. Yeah. I, I'm honestly, I think this is, I think this is a bad mistake for Oklahoma, man. I really yeah. do. I think this is a bad mistake for Oklahoma and Texas, <clears throat> and especially, you know, you get, you get some of these more fun teams in because things have kind of got stagnant. Right. Uh, but you know, you, you got a few more teams in. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a little bummed out. I'm, I'm actually excited for this year, not because I think Oklahoma is going to be any good. I honestly not sold Brent Venables as a good head coach, but You're not a Dylan Gabriel guy, huh? No, <laughs> I'm the exact opposite. He's, you know. To his credit, he's not a bad quarterback, but right. he is outside of uh, Spencer Rattler. Uh, yeah. He's the worst quarterback Oklahoma's had in probably the last seven or eight years, and right. that's a high bar. But it's yeah. it's very frustrating as an Oklahoma fan to have to watch that. So I'm excited. I'm excited for that Cincinnati game because there's there hasn't been a lot of excitement in the in the Big Twelve lately. So it'll be a it'll be an interesting uh, last year for them. And you're living in Chicago, so I'm actually funny enough. I'm actually in Dallas, Texas. Oh, you're in so Dallas. Yeah. I was gonna say, come come to Nippert for that game against Oklahoma. You'll be you'll be blown away with what they've got to show. But. Yeah, I'm actually gonna be so I'll be in Cleveland for the Bears and Cleveland game. Uh, my girlfriend's entire family is from Cleveland, so okay. yeah, so we'll be there for that one. So yeah, right. it'll, it'll be interesting for sure. There you go. Yeah, should be fun. Brent, thanks so much for joining us, man. Um, work, everyone, read your work. Work and uh, everyone hear you. Follow you on Twitter. All that good yep. stuff. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Twitter's be young sports. Uh, it's bearcatjournal.com. Uh, you know, I write an article. It's kind of been a little bit more of like the beat type for uh, football and basketball. Um, got a got a Bearcat Bounce podcast every uh, every Monday night. At, you know, 247 Network, you guys know all about it. Oh, so yeah. uh, just do the drop down tap and head, head on over there to NCAA football teams and, and, and see what you can find about the Bearcats. It's, it's going to be an exciting season. Um, because I think, I think they can surprise people like I was telling Aaron and Zach. But other than that, I think Tyler Scott's going to surprise some people too. So We hope so. He seems like yeah. a really nice guy from what I've from what I've talked to him and I've heard from other people. So really appreciate you joining us, man. Take it easy. No doubt. Thanks, guys.